Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Today's episode, we're going to talk about something that seems to plague a great deal of us, imposter syndrome. Now, perhaps you've heard of this and perhaps you've experienced this, but I must say almost every author I've ever met knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because sometimes showing up to write is more about believing that you're the right person than it is about knowing what your writing's good. Because if you think about it, being a author really requires you to put yourself out there in a way that is completely vulnerable. And we need you to be vulnerable. In fact, it's one of the most important things that a writer can do. And if you've listened to my episode with Anne Maynard, who is an editor, she says one of the best things that authors can do, if she had any advice for authors who are wanting to know what editors think, what she would say is that I want authors to do this one thing, and that's be true, be honest. And essentially, that means be vulnerable. But how do you be vulnerable if you don't feel like you're worthy, or you feel like you should be there telling your story or truth anyways. So that's when imposter syndrome comes up. Here how imposter syndrome is loosely defined. It's defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like you're a fraud. It disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. A lot of authors are high-performing people. And so the proportion of people who feel imposter syndrome grows in numbers as they become authors. Because if you are a high-achieving person and you find it difficult to accept your accomplishments, though other people are praising you and you even have validation in some way, you still feel like you're not good enough. Or that what people are saying is hard to accept. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been told lots of times you should write a book, but the moment you think about writing a book, you start to feel overwhelmed. Not just overwhelmed, you feel a sense of doubt, maybe even unworthiness. And maybe you're super successful in other ways ways that uh, you feel proud of. Maybe you don't have any imposter syndrome in one area of your life, but in this area, writing a book, you might feel extremely sensitive. Like maybe what people are saying that you'd be good at it might just not be true. I've helped doctors, lawyers, professors, chiropractors, dentists, pharmacists, all people who you would think should feel confident. I mean, they're experts, right? Right? They're they're well-educated. I've helped actors, comedians, so many people, and they actually feel more imposter syndrome than you can possibly imagine. Maybe not in their craft or the thing that they're doing every day, the thing that they feel confident in. But sometimes when they show up to write a book, that imposter syndrome shows up in a very big way. In fact, the higher achieving you are, the more likely you are to have this. And I think it was a Reddit thread somewhere that someone posted or that was even uh, available on the internet somewhere. I, I won't take credit, nor will I be able to give you the source of where it is from, that imposters don't have imposter syndrome. So if you're feeling like, gosh, I'm not good enough, all the things that come with imposter syndrome, more than likely, you're not a fraud. (laughs) You're not an imposter. So that's the good news. And that's why I keep it posted on my computer right next to my desk that says, I am an author. Because many times when I'm sitting down to write or I'm looking at the page, I'm thinking, who in the heck's going to read this and like it? What if it's terrible? What if it's no good? What if everybody figures out I'm just a fraud? That's what authorship feels like. Because your ability to be vulnerable on a page requires you to show up and say, I just might be good enough, but what if I'm not? And when you're true and honest, that's when people really start to connect with you, with what you're writing about. 
the topic you're sharing. I'm not saying that you have to be so vulnerable that you have what Brene Brown calls a vulnerability hangover. But what I am saying is that you have to show up so that people know that you are honest, honest in what you say. I often worry that sometimes if I'm working with someone writing a memoir, that they're going to be confused by the idea of being honest and true to sharing all your your garbage, all your dirt, all the things that are in your the closet, all the things that are skeletons hiding there. I'm not talking about revealing everything about you. That's not necessarily what being true is. But being true is expressing yourself so that people understand you. I might have shared this before, but I'll say it again. In my first book, Art of Apprenticeship, it's really a pretty simple book, not very long or very complex. It's about how you can find a mentor and really kind of leap into a new place by having a mentor. It's something different about learning from somebody rather than learning online or from a book. And that book is really helpful and useful. And it was for me and it's helped lots of people. But one of the comments I've received many times actually has more to do with one of the places that I put in the book where actually I was really vulnerable, where I talk about what it was like to go bankrupt and lose everything I owned, my house, my wealth, watching my car get repossessed. So I had absolutely nothing. And I wasn't telling it because it was necessary. I was trying to share that with people so they understood that even when you start from nothing, you can build yourself up because you can borrow the equity of your relationships that you've built. You don't have to start from zero every time. Now, I could have picked another analogy. I could have used an example. I didn't need to put that there, but I just felt like I needed people to know that I know what it feels like to be at total zero, maybe even at negative zero, negative numbers below zero. But that gave people a sense of, wow, I think I really understand what you're talking about here. And I'm not saying you have to air that. I just felt like I wanted to be vulnerable there. I wanted to have empathy for people who thinks, yeah, but that's easy for you. You're an author or that's easy for you. You're successful. And I want to say, no, I wasn't always successful. In fact, I was quite broken at some point, or at least I felt that way. My therapist used to say, you're not broken, Azul. I'm like, oh, just pick up where you left off and keep moving. So vulnerability and or being true has more to being honest. Maybe it's the way you describe something. Say you're telling, you're writing a, a book about maybe even how to do something, but you can share honestly, look, I didn't always know how to do this. In fact, I did it wrong multiple times. That's enough honesty to help the reader understand that you're being true. If you're constantly puffing up and feeling proud and trying to make people see how good you are, then they're going to see that as a sense of putting them off, right? We're not looking for experts. We're not even looking for gurus. Actually, most of us are looking for someone we can trust, someone who gets us, someone who's, who's able to guide us. And sometimes a guide is just steps ahead of you. And maybe all they do is turn around and say, go around. I just stepped in poop. You don't want to step in it. And I, I didn't look where I was going. So please look where you're going. That honest thing is enough to help people understand that you are the right guide. So imposter syndrome is really about you understanding where you are at and why it's so important. So what can you do about it? Great. So well, I know more about imposter syndrome now, but I can't seem to get rid of it. Well, that's the thing. Stop trying to get rid of it. That vulnerability is that feeling of, oh no, maybe it's an ancient feeling. Oh no. That kind of feeling like if you step out of this cave away from the tribe, you'll get eaten by a lion. Oh no, if I get pushed out of this, this inner circle, I may not find friends again. It's a protection mechanism. It's kind of supposed to be there, but you kind of have to step through it. You kind of have to realize it's a feeling, like feeling afraid of something, feeling not good enough. I was telling a bunch of authors and some of the groups I lead that we're always on a spectrum of how we feel about our work. Sometimes we feel like we've always been too much, like we're just too much. We're over the top. People always can't take, they can't get us. We're too much for them. Or maybe we're having the feeling of we're not enough. We don't feel like we've ever got seen or recognized. 
And most of us fall somewhere in between if we're not at those spectrums. And so we have fear about showing up because of those things. So we hide. But fear is really fuel for authors. Fear. It's like if you have an amazing car, but you have no fuel, it doesn't matter how nice the car is. No matter how good your idea is or how well you write, not having the fuel won't make it go. And fear allows you to be vulnerable, to be able to be true, to be able to say, I'm willing to put myself out there. Think about it. Think about the the people you really connect with. You're like, gosh, if they're able to say that, maybe I can too. You see a part of yourself in somebody who's willing to be honest. And when they're honest, you feel like maybe you could be. We're not searching for experts. How do I know this? Well, think about it. How many of you are going to universities at the end of a semester and dumpster diving for textbooks? Maybe the ones you sell back to the used bookstore or the student store so you get big money at the end of a semester. We don't go to universities to look for experts and get textbooks to read. Oh, if I thank goodness there's experts in the world. We look for people who we can relate to, people who can express themselves so that we can understand them, people who we feel like we can know, like, and trust. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with an expert. So if you're a professor out there, please let go of the, (laughs) don't throw this device out the window. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we need professors to be as vulnerable and honest as the rest of us. Because just because you know stuff doesn't mean we're willing to take it. We have to know that it's okay for us to listen. Okay that we can do these things too. I've helped many people who are really very well respected and great writers in the academic world, but they couldn't seem to write vulnerably. They kept writing like a research paper, a dissertation. And to be honest, no one reads those except for other academics trying to write dissertations. How do I know? Because I haven't once picked up my thesis I wrote for UCLA some 27 years ago to even read it because it was following a formula to prove a point so I could get my uh, degree. It wasn't so that I inspired people to take action. Now, I'm not saying that maybe you didn't write a thesis or dissertation that wasn't powerful, so don't take offense. But I am saying the majority of us are looking for more than an expert, more than knowledge. In the age of information, you can Google these things quite often. And um, whether they're true or not, you know, the internet is that too. But we're looking for somebody to help us understand why it matters. And as I've quoted many times, I'll keep quoting her, Jada Selner, one of the guests here on our show, a dear friend and somebody I've helped write her book, has often told me that there are no unique messages, just unique messengers. And if you can hold that in your heart and trust that, you can let imposter syndrome start to slip away. Perfectionism is more about proving that you're worthy than it is about being really good at what you do. People who are really good at what they do really can't help it. That's just who they are. They do it really well. Imposter syndrome shows up when we think we're supposed to be more than that, more than who we are. And so one of the things you can do is trust that who you are is good enough. And practically speaking, that means even if you're scared, that's exactly what you should do is share it because it's fuel. It will help others know why this matters. So keep pushing forward. Another thing you can do with imposter syndrome is just name it. Saying I'm feeling like maybe this thing I'm doing won't be well received. And maybe people will think I'm crazy or maybe they'll think I'm not enough. And by naming it, you can really help. Don't run away from it. Just notice it's there. So if you notice it's there, then you can honestly just let it sink in. There's nothing to do about it. You don't have to worry about fixing it. Imposter syndrome is not something to fix. Remember, it's just a doubt. It's just a feeling. A feeling like you're a fraud. Doesn't mean you are one. So if you can just accept your feelings, these are feelings I'm having, and can push forward. I think about all the times I sit down to write, my problem isn't I don't know how to put one word after the other. My feeling is 
Will this be good enough? Will anyone like it? Those are all feelings of needing acceptance for the accomplishments we do. But the truth is, I have no control over what other people think. I can't decide for someone else if it's good. Because maybe for one person, it's not good. It's not what they wanted or needed. And that's okay. And that's got to be okay with you too. So if you're hoping to prove yourself worthy by having people tell you you are, then you're never going to get through imposter syndrome. That's something you have to decide on your own. I am worthy. I am good enough. And once you can say that to yourself, you'll start to make progress. And accepting the fact that you feel this way is really hard. Maybe you can't say it to another person quite yet, but you can write it down to yourself and say, you know what, today I'm not feeling like I'm really good at this or that I'll even be able to write this. But I understand that it's just a feeling and I can take another step forward. Because at the end of the day, as Maya Angelou says, there is no greater agony than an untold story inside of you. And if you feel inspired or want to write a book, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need permission. You don't even need to be a good writer. I'll talk more about that in a second. You just need to take the next step. Being a good writer has nothing to do with writing a great book. Because good books aren't words. I know that sounds strange. But books are not words. They're ideas conveyed through words. So remember, your ideas are really important. The fact that you were actually born, the odds are like trillion to one that somehow you could be born into the world. So you are unique and special. And becoming an author is just part of your journey. And if you have an inclination to write, guess what? You're an author. That's all it takes. And that's why that posted on my desk is so important. Because anytime I start to think I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, or I read my reviews, please don't do that. Don't read the reviews of your books. <laughs> You'll start to believe what they say. One, you start to believe maybe you're better than you are. Be careful of that. Because that can really set you up for failure when someone says you're not, you might believe that's true. So you kind of have to be neutral about it. But you have to show up to say, look, I have something to say. It matters to me and here's why. And then you say it. You can't control what other people think. And nor do you want to. It's hard enough to control what we think. <laughs> why do we want to control other people's thoughts? Even if we can't. You just have to assume that these feelings are part of authorship. And once you can assume and accept that these feelings are part of authorship, you won't have to worry that something's wrong. Because if you're successful in one area and writing a book seems so hard, it's probably because you're just not used to that feeling. You're used to having confidence in the things you do. And somehow this creative thing feels so scary that you feel like maybe this is just something I can't do. And that's not true. And that's where becoming a writer is important because you don't have to be a good writer to write a book. You do have to be a writer committed to putting a word on page. Writing is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. It means you don't have to be good on it by yourself. In school you do because you turn in a paper, you get a grade, and the teacher gives it back to you. And you either say, oh, got an A, got a B, or whatever. And you're not supposed to have any help. It's an evidence that you know what you're doing. But in book writing, no one expects you to write a book on your own to make it perfect. That's not your job. Your job is to capture the simple idea that no one else noticed but you did. And you said, hey, did you notice this idea? And you pick it up and you show it to people and like, oh my gosh, I never saw the world that way. That's so interesting. That's exactly what books are. Ideas expressed through words. They're not words that express the idea. You have it the other way around. Your idea, the one you came up with, the one you're thinking is, is good. How do I know? Because it's your idea. The better you get at conveying that idea might be considered better writing. But the truth is, you can become good at conveying ideas by just simply saying it. And you can't expect your first book, your first piece of writing to be the best piece of writing. It might be the best for now, but it will get better. Just don't give up on yourself. And trust that your reason for writing a book 
your reason for being called to this is more important than what everybody else thinks. And I would challenge and push on anybody who says that not everyone should write a book. And the reason that's easy to say that is that no one wants to read a bad book. But quote, bad book means it just didn't resonate with them. They just didn't think it was worthy. That's up to them. But realize books are ideas. They're part of you. And if you can accept that all of you is good, all of you is worthy, then you won't worry about what the words say. The words are again, they're pointing to the truth. They're pointing to you, pointing to the thing you're saying. They are not it. You're doing the best you can with these limited things. These 26 characters that represent letters that then represent words. They're not real. They're just the best we can do. I hope you let imposter syndrome drift away from you today and then drift right back because you can't get rid of it. Is it not going away? So don't try. But just realize it's part of the author journey. It's part of what happens when you're showing up to the work and you're more powerful and have more to say than you possibly can imagine. And we need to hear it. You're the unique messenger we're looking for. And I trust that if you show up on the page and tell the truth, be honest as you can about whatever you're talking about, whether it be a novel or a leadership book or a memoir, then you will have an impact on the world. I hope you write your book because it matters. We're going to talk more about these things as we go on. I just wanted to pause so you can just reflect on those things. And I appreciate you tuning in here. We're looking for people just like you to write books. We need you in the world. And until next time, I'm Asul Taronis for Authors Who Lead. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.